0: You know, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite sayings is a rising tide lifts all boats. And it's such a classic metaphor for Seattle, right? We're surrounded by water. We have a Puget Sound, we have Lake Union. we have Lake Sammamish, we have Lake Washington. We are literally surrounded by water. But at the same time, Seattle really fosters this concept of, I have this idea, hey, does anybody want to play?
1: Hi, I'm Linda Dershing. 25 years ago, I opened my first bar, Linda's Tavern, in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood. Today, my company, The Dershing Group, has opened 11 other spots for friends to get together. I'm passionate about this community and the creativity, acceptance, and character it breeds. Seattle fosters people's motivation to change the future of its culture for good. In this podcast, I get the chance to talk to several of those people about what makes this city one to watch. This is Uncharted Seattle. We're here with Tara Morgan, founder of Seize the Oar, the first and only adaptive rowing club in Seattle. A lifelong rower, Tara has put her personal passion to work for those who have suffered traumatic injuries to help them rehabilitate and to stay active. Over time, inclusiveness in sports has become her mission. Welcome, Tara. Thanks, Linda. Great to be here. So tell us a little about what you do and why you do it. So the
0: sort of guiding principle of what I do is I make shit happen. And Seattle's a great place to do that. So when the opportunity came to merge, seize the oar with this energy of making something happen for someone, as well as mixing and rowing, which is a passion of mine, I couldn't pass it up. So now in my life, everything I do comes back to that inclusion piece, comes back to that community piece, come back to that entrepreneurial piece and just make it happen. That's
1: great. So tell us a little more
0: about uh, Seize the Ore. Yeah. So Seize the Ore um, started in 2013. I was coaching Learn to Row at Mount Baker Rowing and Sailing, which is here on Lake Washington. And it's a city parks facility. And we often get a lot of requests from the community to teach and have them help learn how to row. And my boss at the time, Peggy Tosdall, who ran that rowing center, very, for some reason, just thought it, I was the person to get this email. So she forwarded a request to me and it was from a man who said, I'm an avid athlete, I have a spinal cord injury, I love to swim, my wife wants to buy me rowing lessons for my birthday. Is anyone there comfortable working with someone with a spinal cord injury? And for some reason, she thought I was the person to forward that email to. And the first thing I thought was absolutely sure, why not, let's try it. I have no idea what he's talking about. I have no idea, but I know I love the sport of rowing and I know that I can just make shit happen.
1: Yes. Let's do it. That attitude of why not, It's I sh- love that. It's,
0: yeah, let's try it, why not? And mm-hmm. I tell you that attitude has just prevailed in everything that we've done. So Seize the Or started with this Dr. Bunnell. And Dr. Bunnell, I really lucked out because he ended up, when we met, he came out of his car. I watched him walk towards me. I just was like, wow, how are we gonna make this work? This is great. I'm so excited to try and match rowing with what he can do and match his goals with what I know. I really hit the jackpot with him because I didn't know anything about spinal cord injuries. I didn't know anything about rehabilitation or traumatic injury or any of that. I asked him, what do you do for a living? And he says, I'm an attending physician at Harborview Medical Center in physical medicine and rehabilitation. He basically, that's his job was to help people rehabilitate from traumatic injuries like his own. He had lived with his injury at that point for about 20 years. So he was really well-versed in his own experience. And then he also opened the door for me to meet other potential athletes and other potential people who wanted potential rowers who wanted to try the sport. So it just went from there. So we started working in Harborview. We started taking a rowing machine into Harborview. We got to be introduced to the spinal cord injury unit at the Veterans Administration Hospital because he had a connection there which led to Seattle Children's Hospital and working with the rheumatology and arthritis department. And it's just blown up, um, this whole experience. So we really try to get as many people interested to at least try the land version of rowing just to see how they feel about that. And then we get to take them on the water. So it's just blown up. It's been six years
1: now. So about how many
0: people are involved? Since we started... I would say we've probably served over 200 athletes. So one of the really special things about Seize the Year that we didn't actually anticipate was athletes coming to us who were fairly new to their injury. And they've been, there's a classification system for people who have a recent spinal cord injury, and it's based on what their body can do at that point. And what we didn't count on was them going back to their physicians and back into their checkups months or even a year after they've started rowing and their physicians saying to them, what have you been doing? This is amazing. Like your uh, core strength is so much improved or your um, this system in your body is so much improved or they just see this incredible rehabilitation jumps. And we've been really, really lucky to see that. And then you count in the mental aspect of it and the healing aspect of it. And even the people who've had their spinal cord injury or their traumatic injury, or even uh, for many, 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 many years, this is just a launching off point into a whole new world. One of the challenges that we have with CCOR is we are the only organization doing that in the Pacific Northwest. There's a program in uh, Oregon called Rogue Growing. And there's a program, of course, in Canada, in British Columbia, they're very avid about adaptive sport. So adaptive sport basically is when you have an athlete who needs adaptation to play your sport, basically. So they need a special seat or they need a special hand grip or they need a special boat to do it in. And what we have is a whole fleet of, of adaptive equipment that make rowing possible. Our other challenge is that since we are the only, really the only ones doing it and the largest group doing it, we don't have anybody to compete against who are like us. So, our answer to that, back to making shit happen, <laughs> make it happen, is to draw on the collective wisdom of the people who know, really ingratiate ourselves to the people who make regattas happen and make races happen. And what we do is we race against everyone. You don't have to be adaptive to race against us. And believe me, bring it, because we will bring it. And we go up against everyone. So in a way, we're helping to grow the sport, but we're also really trying to be inclusive and make these inclusive events and make this inclusive,
1: um, really the spirit of the competition. What What is it about Seattle that makes this possible?
0: You know, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite sayings Motto that I live by is a rising tide lifts all boats. And it's such a classic metaphor for Seattle, right? We're surrounded by water. We have the Puget Sound, we have Lake Union, we have Lake Sammamish, we have Lake Washington. We are literally surrounded by water. But at the same time, Seattle really fosters this concept of I have this idea hey, does anybody want to play? And the willingness to provide. And create a collective wisdom and that entrepreneurial spirit and sometimes I even call it a midwife right like so great ideas often need a midwife right and here in Seattle there are lots of them right the reason it works rowing wise in Seattle is that everyone knows it's a good idea but not everybody knows how to do it but everybody knows it's a good idea right Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of spiritual support for it There's a lot of technical support for it. There's so many ideas here. Every time we want to come up with a new gadget or a new way to work with an athlete, I'm like in the hotbed of innovators and, you know, even just the guys from Boeing or the gals from Boeing who are the engineers, they're like, oh, I know how to do that. Or the fabricators, or I can go down to Lake Union and go to any shop on Lake Union and have something fabricated. People are just like, yeah. Yeah sure, well, hey, I know, let's try this. So it's that sure, let's try it, why not kind Mm -hmm. of mentality that really just created a lot of fodder for us to be just pushed forward. We just keep getting to push forward. We're never stopped. We just keep getting to push forward, thanks to all that sort of, like I said, collective wisdom or entrepreneurial spirit in Seattle. But the rising tide lifts all boats. What I love about that is that you can be the rising tide, you can be the one pushing the tide, or you can be in one of the boats that's getting lifted, right? And you get to play either role in Seattle. And sometimes I like to pay it forward by being part of the collective wisdom. Like, so if you wanted to start a new business or you had an idea about a book project or a podcast, like, it's so natural to just gather people and just say, Hey, what does anybody think about it? In the old days, we used to call it focus groups, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's kind of the old term for it. But here, it's more of a natural occurrence. Like, I wouldn't even think twice about saying, hey, Linda, or hey, you know, to some of my favorite mentors in Seattle, even people I don't even know, I would totally feel comfortable calling those people or emailing those people and be like, would you come to this little coffee gathering or something? I always think as long as you provide snacks... Like people are on board. (laughs) Snacks and cocktails, people are on board. Um, But that to me just seems totally normal. For more stories like these, watch the Uncharted Seattle video series at VisitSeattle.tv.
1: Then when did you start? When did you go from theater to rowing? So
0: I've always been an athlete. I learned to row in my hometown in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which sounds like an odd place to learn to row, which you kind of equate with Northeast, Harvard, you know, this sort of preppy level. Um, But in Oak Ridge, it's actually a hybrid town of scientists and locals. So Oak Ridge was one of the Manhattan Project sites. So I kind of grew up in this crazy bipolar, if you will, community of PhD physicists and then the people, the farmers and the generations of people that had always been in Oak Ridge. We were part of the Manhattan Project, um, which was in World War II, and we split the uranium to build the atomic bomb. So this town was carved out of farmland. What came out of that was in the 70s and 80s, someone came along and saw this beautiful stretch of water in Oak Ridge and said, that's a rowing venue. And they started a rowing club in this completely random place. So as a kid, when you grow up in Oak Ridge, Learning to row is kind of one of the things that you did. So in 1986, when I was 13, when you could, signed up and took a rowing class and joined the rowing team. That's
1: great. Yeah. Um, And so when you moved to Seattle, you were able to start rowing again, I'm guessing, because there's quite a bit of it here, isn't there? Yeah. I was actually
0: living on Lake Washington and I got up very early one morning and I looked out my window. I had a beautiful view of Mercer Island and Lake Washington and I saw them out there and I hadn't rowed in 10 years probably. And I thought, I remember that. That was really amazing experience. And I'm going to get back into that. So I Googled women's rowing Seattle and my club that I was in, uh, that I've been in for 10 years now, uh, Bear Rowing Club, popped up and they were right down the road from my house. And I joined and found one of the most amazing sisterhoods and tribes I've ever found.
1: Yeah. Not everyone knows about the rowing culture in Seattle and Puget Sound. Give us a sense of what it's like. Why do people love to come get out on Seattle's water in particular?
0: Seattle's rowing legacy goes back A long time, you know, we, if you've read The Boys in the Boat, the classic tale, The Boys in the Boat was written by Daniel James Brown, and he is an author that lives north of Seattle. And he stumbled into this amazing story about the 1936 Olympic team that was based from the University of Washington, went back east, won, went on to Germany during the Olympics under Hitler's rule and beat everyone. And surprised everyone so if that gives you any indication of what we're about here in washington <laughs> definitely some hearty souls here uh, most of those boys were blue collar working class coming from logging families and um, just knew how to work really really hard i think what's so special about the legacy that that left was not only the rowing as a sport and rowing as like a huge tome of information. Like we could write any number of books and any number of encyclopedia of rowing here in Seattle, because we have everything here from Olympic preparation. There are people here training for the Olympics every year to if your mom wanted to start rowing tomorrow, she could find a learn to row class just for fun. Right. Yeah.
1: Are most of the classes very early in the morning? You know, that's actually
0: kind of a myth. Um, everyone assumes when you, one of the first things people say when I say, you should start rowing. So I say, Linda, you should start rowing. You'd be like, oof. 5 a.m. No, can't do 5 a.m. Well, the the real reason that we do it so early in the morning is because it's the best water. Right. Right. I've it's not that. to torture you. I promise. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it is the best water. And I'll tell you, after teaching, learn, I teach learn to row um, Mm -hmm. to adults. After doing it for almost a decade, I can tell you that about two weeks into it, when people kind of get their stride and they figure out how to get up and how to eat and how to get themselves going, they say, wow, I never knew I was a morning person. And I never knew what a beautiful place this is at 530 in the morning. And isn't this fun? Yeah,
1: that's great. And hard <laughs> and, and awesome. <laughs> and great exercise. It
0: is. It's full body, low impact. And I think what's so special about it for me, teaching beginners and teaching adults is that it's the ultimate team sport. You cannot do anything without everybody working together and everybody trusting that everybody else is doing what they need to do. And it's a real game changer for people.
1: Boy, especially when you think about our society getting a little more isolated with their devices. What a wonderful way to counteract that, right? Absolutely. No phones in the boat. Mm -hmm. And And you're working together. It's all about teamwork and camaraderie.
0: It is. And, it, and I think a big part of it that I didn't tap into until I started teaching it a little while, you know, cause adults are basically CEOs in their own minds, mm-hmm. right? We're grown up, we're competent. We pride ourselves on having our shit together. But when you come into rowing, you are humbled, humbled because you have to trust seven other people in this boat with you. You have a coach I mean, how often do adults have a coach in their lives Mm -hmm. who they have to hand over all of their trust and hand over everything and they don't know what port means or starboard or bow or stern or they don't know the terms and the terminology. And even if they feel totally competent in all of that, the technical side of it, Mother Nature can just wallop the whole thing. We'll have a day that's freezing cold. We'll have a day that's windy. We'll have, you'll get your Northwest merit badge by rowing in windy, cold, rainy weather, you know? And then all of that stuff can easily go out the window. So what do they do? They have to trust each other. They have to trust me as their coach. And it's a really beautiful transformation that we get to see. And I think that lasts for people all the way through their rowing career. Everyone had to go through that step. No one is born knowing how to row. No one is, you know how to throw a ball, you know how to catch a ball, you know how to kick a ball, you know how to run, you know how to ride a bike, right? Everyone who comes to the sport comes to it completely fresh.
1: And is it a year-round sport?
0: Absolutely. In Seattle especially, Um, on Lake Union here in Seattle, they get to row on the water year-round even at the early dark hours of the morning because they have the ambient light of the city of Seattle, Oh, right. Yeah. Out on Lake Washington or on Lake Sammamish, for instance, there's no city lights. So it's really, really super dark. So we don't row year round on Lake Washington. and The teams don't. I think some of the independent rowers do. So in Seattle, there's a range. There's people who are on teams. There are people who are always aligned with a club. There's even people who just store their single in their driveway Mm -hmm. and just drive down to Lake Washington
1: and put it on the water and go. I am sure you know many amazing views from the water. What's your favorite?
0: So there's a spot in Lake Washington. um, Here in Seattle, we're divided uh, right on the eastern edge of Seattle proper is Lake Washington. There are two bridges that take you eastbound. I-90 Bridge, looking south, six o'clock in the morning in the springtime, Mount Rainier shows herself hot pink, just pops out of the sky. It looks like a painting. It's absolutely gorgeous. Sounds amazing. So where do
1: you, where do you get your inspiration?
0: Seattle is, a really, is really interesting in that you can escape to the woods. In a, like, let's say, take a half an hour. You could start your day with a really wonderful forest bath if you will, you know, in one part of the city, move your way in, get a foot massage, right? Keep moving your way in, go to your meetings, do your thing, be your badass self and end the night at a dinner party with a view of the Space Needle. I mean, you could do all of those things in one day. When I very, very first moved to Seattle, I'll never forget coming up I-5, which is our main thoroughfare into the city and seeing the Space Needle and the Skyline for the first time, I could take you to the spot on I-5 and stop the car, pull over, and that was my first view, right? It was really memorable. You have a lot of opportunities to take advantage of what you need, right? If you need a coffee shop that's buzzing with people to get inspiration and be part of the community, you got that spades, right? Right? If you decide you want to try Malaysian food because you're feeling adventurous that day and you need to like try something new, as always, there's no, there's no shortage of crazy things to try. If you just need to get the heck out of here, you are half hour from total forest bath amazingness.
1: I think that's, that's really very, very true. How does your work impact the city?
0: I think our impact is that we take what is so special about Seattle and we add some flavor. We take this amazing community of rowing and we bring a whole new community to it. We bring a whole new technology to it. We bring a whole new innovation to it and a whole new spirit to it. We take the beauty of the water and we add... New appreciation. We add new fans. We add new access points to the water. We take just however many opportunities we can to make it inclusive and to really celebrate that community spirit and really celebrate that collective wisdom. More midwives, right? <laughs> More midwives. I think our that's what our impact is, is that we appreciate it for what it is and that we just, you know, add some
1: icing. So Tara, this has all been so interesting. Where can we find out more about you and your work?
0: So to stay updated on Seize and everything that we're doing, we would love to have you follow us. And we're going to be starting blogging and podcasts and creating content so that our message about inclusion really gets to the larger community. For suggestions on the best ways to enjoy the beautiful water in Seattle, go to visitseattle.org slash water.